A few years ago, maybe it's been more than that, one of the fundraisers for CEF is we joined um, a flower company in the area, and they needed help in distributing flowers for a Valentine's Day and Mother's Day and things like that. And so we signed up, and so we drove into this warehouse with our cars, and we... Um, we got a list of places and we got, uh, they had numbers on them and they had bookcase set up. And then, so we got them set in our cars and we drove out all over Whatcom County delivering flowers. And you know, there wasn't one person that didn't have the smile on their face when you came with flowers to them. I don't know what that is, but when you get a gift and when you get flowers, um, oh, is that for me? And so it just, an amazing thing to think that something that's th- uh, that's simple, but we look forward to it every year when we were doing it because we just love making people happy. It was just it's just the funnest thing to come and to bring flowers to people, offices, homes all over the place, and even out here at Birch Bay and some of those uh, gated communities, we had to figure out a code, and that was kind of fun. Um, but. <laughs> But but flowers, and so just uh, amazing to think. And so this is part of what Natalie and I did for our, our, our daughter and kids at home. And um, we have little stickers to say, this one was yours, just in case. You know how kids are sometimes. They want to know which one is theirs. So we, we got these stickers on, and they know exactly who's, who's theirs is. Uh, so, um, but that really is... Uh, God's heart is that you would know that he has the best for you and that he has gifts waiting to give to you. And they're gifts of love. And that shows up in a variety of ways, different ways that he shows how much he loves you. Um, And even when the hard times come to know even the songs we're singing, that he's with you even through that time. And, And in those times too, it's really a, a testing of your faith to see, do I really trust God even through these rough things? But know that it's always a heart. He wants to connect with your heart. He wants to, he wants to show you that love forever. And ultimately, um, see, that's a little shaky. Ultimately, God displayed that love by sending his one and only son to me. There's no greater love than this, that one lays life down for his friends. And Jesus said, you are my friends. Isn't that amazing to think that through Jesus Christ, you are friends with this God that has created everything? He's created everything, and he's given you a place to participate in his creation. It's it's an amazing thing. So um, Natalie and I had the opportunity to uh, drive over to um, Wenatchee. And it's been a long time since I've been on Highway 2. Uh, those of you that have driven Highway 2, raise your hand. Been on Highway 2? Man, the sun was out, and those ridges, those, they were still covered with snow, and you just, wow, and the kids were trying to snap pictures and stuff going through there. It was just, it was the probably, we were set up with, God just blessed us with beautiful weather and traveling mercies, and just, yeah, it was just a beautiful time. So uh, some of you, um, um, if you can remember when you were a teenager, but maybe you have some teenagers around you. So there's, there's a, an amazing conversation that we were able to listen to in, in the car, in the van. And of course, there's different conversations with the van load of boys than girls. And we mostly had girls. 
Um, and so there was a little bit of singing. You know, that happens not necessarily in a van load of boys, but a little bit of singing with some girls. But uh, this one um, teenager right behind me, it was, it was just an amazing thing because when she was talking about sharing her different experiences with um, the friends on either side of her, she was saying this kind of stuff. She was saying, that was the best time of my life. I just, you know, go into that place and, and we just had the best time. And then they're talking about, and then she said, no, this was the best time. And so everything she talked about was the best of times. And it was just like, wow, that's incredible. She, she never went into, yeah, but then this happened and that. Never. That wasn't even part of her language. It was just all, that was the best of times. I can't wait to go back again. And I was just, wow. I started to think, wouldn't that be a cool way to talk wherever you are? To bring that, in, that excitement into that environment wherever you are? Yeah. I was, so Natalie and I started to do that a little bit on the way back. Um, and so she, we stopped and we, we grabbed uh, Arby's and, uh, and after we're, we're kind of eating, she said, so what did you think of that? And I said, well, I, this is the best meal. <laughs> and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to turn it, you know. And, and so then we stopped in Leavenworth on the way back. And how many of you been to Leavenworth? Okay, all right. Yeah, beautiful. So there was still snow everywhere, and it, they still had the, some of the Christmas decorations. It was, uh, it was fun. And so we had to have, you know, the, um, the, 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 the German-style meal. That, and so we did, and it was great. And so there was too much, and we were taking it home. And so she turns to me, and so how was it? And I was going to talk to her about the potatoes a little bit. And I said, this is the best meal I've ever had. This is wonderful. I just love it. And so on the way back, we're, we're driving, and I said, isn't it wonderful? We're having such a wonderful time together. Oh, we stopped in Kashmir, and there's this place for applets and cutlets. Anybody? Anybody? Uh, the tour wasn't open, but they had a video of it, and you could sample, right? And and so we found some sugar-free stuff there too. And so, how was it? And and we said, how? so let me ask you, how was that? Great. It was the yeah, it was like the best. Okay. So uh, what we're going to see in scripture is that um, the people are, are responding to this good news, this, that their sins are forgiven, and they could have a relationship with this Creator God that designed them and created them. So we are in Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. And we're beginning at verse 1. But just going back a little bit, uh, last week, uh, the whole message was about grace, God's grace. Grace, grace, grace. And, and what is that grace? Um, we were talking about that this a little bit this morning, but acrostic for God's grace really is his love, but... Uh, The G would be God's, and they are God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. That if you've believed on him, it's at his expense that you get to have this new life here with the Holy Spirit of God and forever. And and that's amazing. So uh, um, just a raise of hands. Um, This last week, 
was there something that somebody paid for you? So, so money paid for you for something. Was there some, if somebody this last week paid for you for something, maybe there was a coffee made, just raise your hand. Did any of you receive, it was paid, right? Somebody paid for that coffee or whatever. Isn't that a beautiful thing? But that's just a small, uh, a small picture of what God has done. He's paid the ultimate price, a blood sacrifice of his body to give you new life. And so then it's what do you do with this new life? So watch what happens in, uh, in uh, uh, so we're in Acts chapter 14. So verse 1, Acts chapter 14, verse 1. Now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews and so spoke that a great multitude, both of the Jews and the Greeks, believed. So their lives were turned upside down. They this was a transition in their life. This a transformation happened. This was the most exciting news that they could ever have. They spoke, and a great num- uh, multitude believed of both Jews and Greeks, which would have been uh, the Gentiles in that area. So this was what happened. So what did they, what did they hear? What did they hear that was so fantastic, that, that was so life-changing? What did they hear that at one time it was only for the Jews and now it's for the Gentiles. What did they hear? What, what was that? Well, there were promises that were made. There was a, a place to participate in this promise. And there was this new position uh, for all eternity. So just to kind of pull that together. So um, keep your finger here and go to uh, the book of Psalms, Psalm 103. Psalm 103, it's one of those unbelievable and how does that work um, type of of passages. But it is so mind-blowing, so mind-blowing and mind-altering that could this really be for us? So Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Who forgives all of your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, so that your years so that your years are satisfied with good things, or who satisfies your years with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the evil. Now, if, if, if I was to stop there and go back on just those things, it's like, can that be? And it's, yes, yes. That we can experience all these things. But I want to go on and read the, the rest of this. So watch with me. The Lord executes, verse 6, righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. 
He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Verse 11. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame, and he remembers that we are but dust. Verse 15. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone. And, it, and in its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. And his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant, to those who remember his commandments to do them. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you, his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you, his host, you ministers of his, you, who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, all in all the places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And you know, when something great happens, I've heard it come out of some of your mouths, O oh my soul. Oh, can it be? Can it be? And the answer is yes. And so these people were hearing this forgiveness from God. These people, they were hearing healing. They were hearing all of this stuff and they were able to participate in some of it. It's amazing that even though at times there were not great miracles, people still believed. And then at times, God would open up miracles to happen, and people believed. So here they are receiving this, and they're hearing that the Christ, the promised one, came, and he was doing that. He was, he was uh, healing, and he was promising forgiveness. Do you remember uh, the four men that brought the uh, paralyzed man and lowered him through the roof in front of Jesus? And Jesus says, to him, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees were going, how can you say that? Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus says, uh, your sins are forgiven. Should I say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? And so he said both. Your sins are forgiven, stand up and walk. And the man was healed and he walked away. Jesus was saying, God came down in the flesh and I am him. Do you remember the woman at the well? Jesus went and started talking to this woman at the well. And she was saying, you know, there's, you Jews believe that you should worship over in Jerusalem and we believe we should worship on this mountain. And uh, Jesus said, true worship is in spirit and in truth. She says, I've heard that the Messiah is to come. And Jesus said, I am he. The one that was promised, the one that created everything is saying, I'm here. Uh, turn, your, uh, turn to New Testament Colossians, the book of Colossians, or the letter of Colossians. So if, you're, if you go back to Acts and just hang a right-hand turn and start going to the back of your Bible, you'll go past uh, Acts, uh, Romans, First uh, and Second Corinthians, and then you'll come to uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and then Colossians. Then Colossians. 
New Testament. Colossians chapter 1, just to bring it home that what they must have been hearing about this one, this creator that has come into the world, into his creation. Verse 13, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. For he has delivered us from the power of darkness, and he has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. And then he goes on to say, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created, whether things on earth or in heaven, visible or invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things came into being by him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in him all things may have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your own mind by wicked works, Yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in faith grounded in steadfastness and are not moved away from the hope of the good news which you have heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, which I, Paul, became a minister. So what were they hearing except that the most amazing story of all, the most amazing gift of all, the God of all creation was bringing them to himself. He was reconciling everyone to himself. They were excited. So they spoke the word and many people were believing. So God's Holy Spirit was speaking through them. Amazing things were happening and they believed. They believed. Now, the very next thing that happens it's kind of it's kind of bad news so in acts chapter 14 verse 2 this amazing love this amazing plan of life this amazing love and life coming together there was resistance and it says in verse 2 of acts chapter 14 after all these people were believing, it says, but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles. And in my version, uh, I'm reading out of the New King James, it says, poisoned their minds against the brethren or stirred up their minds against the brethren. So what's happening here? Poison their minds, stirred up their minds What's happening here? They're taking all this good news that was offered, all this stuff that they were excited about, and they were twisting it. They were twisting the good news. They were, they were getting into their heads, you could say, and they were, they were messing with their minds out of all this excitement. Now, I'm sure that for all of us, there were times where we're excited about something. We're real excited. And then somebody comes in with a downer and just, you know, you're, you're this balloon and you're just, woo, woo, and somebody pops your balloon and down you come, right? That's that kind of what's going on there. They, 
They started messing with their minds. And what do you suppose that they were doing after they had heard this good news? What, what do you suppose was happening when it said they poisoned their minds against the brethren? Raise your hand if you can uh, imagine what might be some of the things that they were saying to them that were poisoning their minds after they heard this good news. They were taking it and twisting it. Yeah. Okay, the first thing they were saying, they're lying to you. It's not true. So all of a sudden it's like, oh, what do I deal with that? So, um, yeah, Diane, same. Okay. Okay. So they could have attacked every level of that love story. He's not God. He's just a man. He didn't come back to life. He deserved to go to the cross. You know, all that stuff. He poisoned their minds. So let me uh, take you back to Genesis, first book in the Bible. And it's the same... uh, same game that's started back here is the same game that they're playing there, poisoning their minds. So look at Genesis uh, chapter 3. And you know this one very well. But, but look at it. It's, it's talking about uh, doubting or lying about what God said. So uh, Genesis, first book in the Bible, Genesis chapter 3. Uh, Let's pick up at verse 5. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat from every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, Serpent, we may eat uh, the fruit of the trees in the garden, but of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said you shall not eat nor eat nor you shall touch it, or lest you'll die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to her eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate, and she gave also to her husband who was with her, and he ate. So that same game is being played back here in Acts. Surely this is not true. And yet the Messiah, the Christ, they were preaching this good news. Uh, Matthew, first book in the New Testament. Go to Matthew. It's interesting, in Matthew, we get the same game being played to Jesus himself, who went in the wilderness and was tempted by the devil, and listened to what the devil said to him. Now the devil uh, attacks his position. He says, if you are the Christ, isn't that amazing? The Son of Man, Son of God, and Satan saying, Are you really? If you really. So in verse 3, Matthew chapter 4, verse 3. Now when the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones become bread. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. 
The devil then took him to the holy city and set him up on the pinnacle of the temple and he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he will give his angels charge over you and in their hands they will bear you up and lest you strike your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Well, the devil took him again up on an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. So he attacks this promise with lies that and then he attacks this position that has been given um, back to Psalms, the middle of your Bible. Psalms chapter 1, the middle of your Bible. Psalms chapter 1. There's this, uh, not only the promises from God that he will take care of us, wondering if that will happen, and then not only the position of who we are, of who Jesus is, but also this, um, this participation in God's plan. So Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall also not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So, I guess the question that I have then, as we read scripture here, and as we ponder, and it was for me this week, but maybe for you too. How does this happen? After you come to know Lord Jesus, and you're walking along and maybe you're reading scripture and you're, you're growing. So how does this happen where your mind gets poisoned? Your mind gets distracted from the truth. How does that happen? How does that happen? Yes, Andy. You're listening to the wrong voice. You're listening to the wrong voice. So we know that the enemy's plan is to distract us from the truth. So nowadays, how is this being played out? We just read it in scripture. And Andy said, you're listening to the wrong voice. So anybody else, how does this poisoning happen with us as believers? Yes, Roger. Okay, the advances of men, like the Tower of Babel. We were so smart, you know, and all of a sudden there's a question about who God is. Yeah, Marie. Huh. If you don't know the Word of God, you can be uh, swayed, swayed. Or if you watch a good Christian movie, 
But if you don't know your Bible either, there may be some things in the movie that's not quite accurate, and you might be thinking, well, that's it. Like, oh, that's what Matthew was like, you know, and maybe a series that you watched. And But the Bible says you don't know exactly in those areas. So, yeah, how else might be poisoning? Yes. Maybe just praying constantly for discernment. Okay. So the antidote is, is being in constant contact with God, praying for discernment in these different areas. So this amazing... So here's what... Um, I think the Lord was showing me that there's this time then when we realize maybe we've been believing something and it's wrong. It's, and, and at times it's hard for us to, to acknowledge that it's wrong. Um, but when you realize you've been le- believing something that's not of God and it's actually, actually destructive, how do you get out of that and, and how do you get back? And so... The, the term came to me, I heard this, and maybe you've been hearing it lately too, toxic. Toxic uh, relationship or toxic words, poisonous stuff coming at you. You know it's wrong. So then, then my question is, how do you detox after you've been bombarded by these lies about who God is? How do you detox? How do you get out of that asking for forgiveness Chris said asking for forgiveness and okay you got to go back into the word of God so we're talking about um, the lies that have been coming at you and you realize they're coming at you and the weird part is that no matter if you're a believer for a long time it still affects you and you still have to do something about it when it's come into you. It's come into your mind. It's, you still got to do it. Um, some of you, um, you wake up in the middle of the night and these toxic thoughts, and you're going, uh, God, this isn't fair. I was just sleeping. <laughs> and I got, how do I, ugh, I want to I get out of there. I want So those of you that have had that, could you raise your hand and say, this is how I get out of that even waking up with nightmares in the middle of the night, this is how I get out of that. Anybody want to? Yes, Nicole. Worship music. Worship music. Worship music. I've got to get out of that, that stuff that's running, that I need to stop that, and then I need to do something else. And you know that word repentance? This is what this is. You stop when you recognize it. You stop participating in it, either just by thoughts. But you have to... You have to fill it up. You can't just stop. You've got to replace it with something else. Yeah, Howard. I, I have a talk with the Lord about my trust issues with him saying he's going to take care of something. Okay. All right. So he says, my trust issues. I have the talk with the Lord about my trust issues that he's going to take care of something. Carol. Yes. So you hear what she's saying? Yes. Um, well, kind of going back to the first one, uh, losing a child or a loved one yeah. can turn you the wrong way. Okay. Um, I have a friend that that's what she's going through right now. Oh, my. Uh, my daughter, is, I dove into my Bible more. Okay. 
Okay. So, okay. I've seen a lot, you know, other people too, they just blame God. And, yes. And There's that place. That horrible word about God. You know, yeah. Just yeah. Not, yeah. Okay. Okay. So if you didn't hear, it's during real trying times when there's a loved one that dies. This could, this could be a time where you're distracted uh, or poisonous things come into your mind about God taking care of you. And many of you heard these stories where there are people that don't come to a church anymore because they were praying for a loved one. They were praying, praying that God would save them and God didn't. And so they just said, forget it. What kind of guy is that? I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to believe. You've heard that. And, and I've heard that a lot. There's, there's a lot of, why don't you, why don't you believe? Well, because, and it's like, somehow you, you misunderstood really who God is and his love plan for all eternity. And as Carol is talking about, she has these things that she says in her heart and her mind that I am loved by God. He loves me with an everlasting love. I, these things to keep, keep coming in to detox and then put in the right stuff. Detox, put in the right stuff. Yeah. Gratefulness. Gratefulness, being grateful. That is, that is an amazing thing. Even as we talked about giving these flowers out and people are so happy, being thankful is a part of worship. Because then you're recognizing no matter what you're going through, God is sovereign and things are going to work out. I really don't have to be anxious because God is with, you know, and so all these things. So what we're talking about right now is right here and, and it's here. The, the heart is the emotions of where the mind is and we have to make sure we get the mind in the right place and then allow our emotions to go rather than our emotions running all over the place, Right. And then trying to reel it back in. Yeah, Lori. It's trust. Trust. Um, the song, when you don't need to move the mountains, I need you to move when you don't get the answer. Yeah. Right yeah. I will trust. I will trust. Yeah. Keith. Well, when you're sitting in the dark, what do you do? You turn the light on. <laughs> and when you praise God. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's a good picture. Keith said, so when you're in the dark, you turn the light on, you start praising God. And uh, not only did you turn the light on and the darkness goes away, but in your heart and mind, you're pushing the darkness away too. I think you misunderstood. You're not actually turning a physical light on. Oh, okay. You're turning a spiritual Spiritual light on. I was making a comparison Uh, between the physical and the spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Praising God, darkness flushes away. Now, I want to say something here because this is a beautiful thing because what we're talking about is where the rubber meets the road. This is stuff that is happening to us. There's poisoning that's coming into our minds and trying to get our mind on this right place. So here's, I believe, the point, the issue is that are you, am I, absolutely convinced in this message. I mean, absolutely convinced that God is who he says he is 
and that he has a plan being worked out even though we don't get it. Absolutely convinced because see, that's that point then that we won't be moved. We're on the rock, right? We're on the solid rock. And so that's why when these things come, we have to be absolutely convinced because here's the deal. If, if you already haven't made up your mind and you're going into a situation about how you're going to respond, you're opening it up to, uh, you haven't decided how you're going to respond. You're just going, you know, when I get there, I'll figure it out. Um, you know what? If you're absolutely convinced, that means you can walk into any situation and have confidence that God is God and he's going to be using you. And, but this place of being absolutely convinced. And so I want you to look at uh, Joshua because God talked to Joshua, but Joshua um, was absolutely convinced. So uh, the, the book of Joshua is in the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Uh, what comes after Deuteronomy? Uh, there it is. Joshua. Chapter 1. So Joshua was with Moses, was his training. And Joshua saw some amazing things through Moses. And here's what God said to Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory." No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6. Be strong and of good courage for this people. You shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7. Be only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night and you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Believing that fully convinced, go to Joshua chapter 24 and watch what he says. Joshua chapter 24, verse 13. Here's Joshua now 
making an amazing statement. I've given you a land for which you did not labor, cities for which you did not build, and you dwell in them and eat the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served in the other side of the river in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Verse 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Fully Convinced will take care of a lot of worries. Amen? Amen. Fully convinced. But our part is participating in detoxing and filling up. We need to get away from uh, the wrong thinking and we need to put in the right thinking. Put in the right thinking. So in coming to a close here, go back to Acts chapter 14. It says in verse 2, But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Then I want you to see what they did. Verse 3, They stayed there a long time speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. I want to stop there for just a minute. So, through Acts uh, 13 and up through here in 14, uh, the scriptures record that they spoke the word and people believed. So the Holy Spirit was working. And in Acts chapter 8, it talks about when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witness. And we see that even here, they were speaking boldly, even in the midst of this battle of the minds. You could say there's a war of the minds going on, convincing people of the truth and coming against the lies. But the beauty is that people are coming to Christ without miracles and signs and wonders. But then at times, God turns that up a little bit. So watch back here in in verse 3. It says, They were speaking boldly in the Lord, and he was bearing witness of his word and of his grace. And then it says, Granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. And so at times, God will grant those kind of things in convincing people of the truth. But the amazing thing is that it's not happening all the time because God's Spirit is working through people speaking the truth in love, speaking the truth and living living through the Holy Spirit. That's, that's the amazing power of God is that that can happen and then at times we see miracles. Now I've spoken to several of you here and there has been miracles that have happened in your life but they're not happening every day like, well, that was 20 years ago. And then, you know, hearing about things like that, and it's a beautiful thing because you can give testimony as, no, there's times when God 
he's, he, he does some things, he, amazing things. I've shared this once before, but Natalie and I, when we were, um, we had the call then to go out at Lummi and begin uh, doing the church out there. And so I said, I need to really pray about it because I don't know how this is going to work with Evergreen and Lummi. I don't know how I can do both. Am I supposed to stop one and do the other? Or, and so I really wanted to hear from the Lord. So Natalie and I, um, we managed to scrape our pennies together and we got away to Hawaii. And we spent the time in the morning walking and praying as we walked along the beach as people were jogging and that stuff in the morning. And so we were walking and praying and coming back. So we'd do that for an hour and a half in the morning. And then we'd sit on the beach and Natalie had, we had the earbuds and we'd listen to the scripture as we sat on the beach between times where we uh, cooled off. And then in the evening, we'd go on another walk. And the whole purpose for the trip was I wanted to hear from God. And so we just were in that place of, Lord, I want to hear from you. What do I do? What do I do? And so the second to last day before we were there, um, this only happened to me one time and never happened again, but we're walking along. And so we're praying and this young man, kind of tall, was coming towards us and he was listening to something and I, I don't know if he was jogging, I wasn't sure. And so he came up and, and he got next to us and he, he pulled one, one of the earbuds out and he said, excuse me, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to butt in, but I'm supposed to tell you that you need to do both. Just, just do both of them. And then, and then he put his earbuds in and he left and Natalie and I, we just, we looked at each other and went, did that really just happen? And then we turned around to look for him and he wasn't there. And I don't know if he turned the corner or he just, that's never happened to me before or since. But there are times when we are desperate for God to speak to us something like that, or he'll just speak to your heart and you'll know for sure. But if you've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, he has a, a plan that he wants all of us to participate in, and that's speaking the truth and love about who God is, and to be fully convinced. And that's why we read our Bibles every day. That's why we pray every day, is we need to be fully convinced and we need time to detox from the television and other things that are coming at us. And, you know, the messages are weaved in and out of different things. You know, advertisements are big, right? It's like, ah, help me to get out of that. And, and there's some imprints that come in your mind. You see something and it sticks there for a long time, you know? I had this friend of mine, um, he wasn't a believer, but I used to mow his lawn and he said he was having these awful dreams at night. And I said, well, uh, maybe I could pray for you. And he said, yeah, I don't know. And I said, so tell me, what, you, what do you do before you go to bed? Well, I love watching horror movies. <laughs> and I said to him, well, there you go. Just stop watching those things. And he said, I, I can't. I just love them. And I'm going, well, I... Uh, I, I don't know what to tell you then. <laughs> you know, uh, welcome to your nightmare, I guess. But, but you know, oftentimes there's a reason, uh, even at night, to make sure our minds are settled on the things of the Lord before we go to bed, you know? 
And, and when we get up, and sometimes, you know, you need to renew that in the middle of the day. Um, so what's happening here is they're going, they're spreading the good news, and just finishing in Acts chapter 14, it says in 4, but the multitude of the city was divided and, and uh, divided, part sided with the Jews, part sided with the apostles. And when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to abuse and stone them, verse 6, they became aware of it and fled to Lustria and Derbe, the cities of uh, Luconia and the surrounding region. And verse 7 says, and they were preaching the good news there. This, this good news is going to cause is going to cause people to soar because they get um, to hear that the one who created them and designed them loves them <laughs> and and wants them to have a relationship with him and and wants them to overcome the stuff that's in this world and so you have an amazing gift to participate with people. When you come into the room, you come in bringing good news of love and life. You offer love and life from God wherever you are. You're given that command, go and make disciples. You're given that responsibility. What, What a beautiful one that we get to participate in that. As a church body, but individually, your mission, wherever you are during the week, it's, it's an amazing thing that there are people waiting to hear from you. There's also people that don't want to hear from you. Well, they left and went to another place. I mean, that wasn't working there, and there was threats there. And so it's like, okay, who wants to hear? But I believe that even every week, there are people that are waiting to hear from you about who God is. And one of the things that I've learned is that that's something that we can participate in by praying and saying, Lord, um, give me somebody to share with. Now you've just participated in God's plan. You've agreed and say, I'm, I'm going to be part of that plan. And maybe it's encouraging another uh, believer or maybe there's a non-believer that needs to hear love of God. Let me pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name that you have um, awakened uh, us today with this beautiful message that no matter what's going on, there's people that are waiting to hear. And Lord, I pray for each one of us that you would give us someone this week that needs to be encouraged. And so we just bless your name. We thank you that it's through Jesus Christ, him crucified, risen again, that promises this kind of life here and now and for all eternity. We thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, amen.